I just want to uh, come alongside of you tonight and just encourage you and exhort you uh, in your walk of faith. How many are glad that the Lord revealed himself to you? Yes. How many are glad you're born again tonight? Yes. Uh, you have something that this world desperately needs. Most people don't have. You have found the answer. You have found the wisdom to life, and our job is to pass that on. And so I want to see you become stronger and stronger uh, in the things of God in your faith. Say it with me, my faith, my faith is growing exceedingly. Growing exceedingly. Uh, say it my faith, my faith is growing exceedingly. Growing exceedingly. Jerry Savelle said it like this, faith is the only way to live, the only way to please God, the only way to create, the only way to victory, and the only way to be like Jesus. I mean, we want to be like him. Amen. Then we must be people of faith and understanding what that is. So I want you to go with me over to Hebrews 10 for a moment. And uh, we're going to talk uh, in specifics about the, the importance of hearing as well as the importance of releasing your faith by speaking. But I want to just uh, spend a little time in this scripture. Hebrews 10. And uh, if you ever wonder about Hebrews, it's, it's a 13-chapter warning not to fall away. It's an exhortation to persevere. So if you remember when you're reading something in the book of Hebrews, the, the underlying theme is don't give up. Yeah. Look at somebody and say, don't give up. Don't, give up. don't quit. Don't How many quit. of you know if you don't give up, you win? Yeah. And so it's a wonderful book. It, it goes through a lot of various theological arguments and underpinnings, but the essence of the writer's theme is persevere, don't give up, and specifically persevere by your faith. So in chapter 10, and we'll just start with, uh, with verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you received the light when you endured in a great conflict of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so mistreated. And just to point out to you, we're in that day right now. Don't expect to be popular because you're born again, spirit-filled, word of faith, tongue-talking, amen, God, praising believer. Amen. Uh, don't expect people to stand up and applaud you. If you're looking for that, you miss the whole point. All those who live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And the darkness is growing, but we shouldn't get upset about that because what we know from Scripture is when, when sin abounds, grace, grace doth what? Much more abounds. It abounds even more in our lives. So it says, you know, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Notice that you have to throw this thing away or throw it down. Uh, we don't lose because somebody took our faith away. We have to throw it down. We have to fold under the pressure of circumstances or persecution or, or hardship or difficulty. And, you know, you go through things in life that are not always easy to, to bear or deal with. But what's sustaining you is your confidence in God, your confidence in his word, your confidence in his character. Now, what can happen over time, if you're not careful, even subtly in your heart, you just toss away your confidence about certain things in the Word of God. Now, I don't believe you're going to throw down your confidence concerning your salvation, your eternal situation, your eternal reward. But there are a lot of things that we can believe God for in this life that a lot of people have very subtly thrown down their confidence over and given up on. You know what I like to see you do? Pick them back up again. You were believing God for something and it didn't seem like it was going to happen, so he gave up on it. Pick it back up again. Start believing God for everything that he has put inside of your heart. 
Again, it's not something that happens to you. The pressure gets so strong that you fold, that you give up, you throw it down. It takes your active participation to throw that thing down. This is not a time for throwing your faith down. Can I have an amen? amen. This is a time for standing stronger than you ever have before. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Notice the language here. It will be richly rewarded. You will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Keep your mind focused on this. He's coming back. He's coming back for you. Uh, Forget about this, just this generic thing. He's coming back. He's coming back for you. He bought you. He delivered you. He saved you. He's coming back for you as well as the rest of his people. In just a little while, he was coming, will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Shrinks back from what? From the life of faith. Shrinks back from that confidence. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Say it with me. We're not of those who shrink back. Now, we know that if we shrink back, we shrink back to destruction, to living far less than God's best in this life. No, we're those that maintain we have faith and we are saved. Why is this important? It's important to understand this. There is a prescribed way to live, and that way is by faith. We see it in Galatians and Romans. We see it in Habakkuk. We understand that something emphasized four times in Scripture without any compromise or, or any minimization, we know that this is the way we're supposed to live our lives. Say it with me. The just shall live by faith. Uh, what is a just person? It's not a perfect person. It's not a person who has got all the law down and their behavior has been you know, without issue or without failure. The just refers to those who've been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. Aren't you so glad he took your sin (laughs) and he gave you his righteousness? Through one man, sin came, Adam. And we, of course, followed in his example. Through one man, righteousness came. And so what he says here four times in Scripture is the righteous people live a certain way. If we're going to be righteous people, we're going to live By by faith. We're saved by faith. So why would we live any other way? We started this thing by faith. We should finish this thing, amen, and continue this thing by faith. In other words, we should dance with the one that brung us. <laughs> Works didn't bring us. Religion didn't bring us, amen. All of our best efforts didn't bring us. Believing on Jesus Christ, having imparted to us and imputed to us righteousness, the just live a certain way. Uh, these things are precious to me because I never understood them growing up. Uh, Even as a baby Christian, it was not explained to me how a person lives by faith. Uh, It was kind of like believe on Jesus and one day you go to heaven. That was the totality of my understanding and revelation of faith. Every believer needs to be able to just rattle off these scriptures anytime they're they're talked about. They have so deeply ingrained inside of you that you literally eat, sleep, and drink, amen, faith. Amen. The just shall... Live by faith. It's not just go to church by faith, listen to a sermon by faith, give by faith, serve by faith. It's live by faith. It's, it's work by faith. It's school by faith. It's marriage by faith. Dear God, it's marriage by faith. Amen. Amen. And if you don't think so, you haven't been married long enough. And if you're laughing about it, it's because you haven't been married at all yet. Uh, 
Speak of that, we're celebrating 35 years this week of marriage. We thank God for his faithfulness. Amen. Um, met her in this church. Amen. Got married in this church. Still in this church, bless God. <laughs> um, and it's, it's something you do by faith. It's wonderful when both of you are on the same page. We believe the word of God. We believe what he says. And we've watched and sometimes you just look back, you know, not just to be nostalgic or whatever, but to see how God has moved year after year after year, how he has honored what he has said in his word. If you will do this and I will do this, if you will honor me in this area. And that's really the testimony, not that everything is ever perfect in anyone's lives, but boy, you'd have to be blind. In our case, look back and see what God has, has done and say, well, that was just happenstance or just the way it is. No, God. Come on, say God. God. Who did these things? God. God. Who's doing these things in your life now? God. God. And if you won't give up, it'll keep happening. That's right. You're going to go from faith to faith, glory to glory, blessing to blessing. Look at somebody and say, he's not done yet. He's but he's going to do it by faith. He's going to do it because you continue to dare to believe what his word says and don't turn loose of that promise for nothing and don't pay attention to what everybody else is doing. You get your eyes on people, you will be defeated. That's true. Amen. You keep your eyes where they belong. Say it again. The just, the just shall, live shall live by faith. By faith. Hebrews eleven six tells us that faith is the only way to please God. How many want to please God? The only way to do it is through faith. Amen. He who comes to God must be believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What a powerful scripture. Amen. It's impossible to please him without faith. For he that comes to him must believe that he is, he exists. Uh, that's all by faith. Uh, you say, why? Well, I have to have evidence, you know, that God is here. Well, his physical handiwork is here, and we're the most sophisticated creation he ever created or ever will create. We believe that from Scripture, that human beings are the apex of his creative ability. But when it comes right down to it, uh, you have to live by faith. Amen. And you have to believe that he exists Amen. by faith. You accept that he has always been and always will be. Now, mentally, you may never be able to get there on this side of, of eternity. I believe something will happen to us mentally when our minds are fully glorified to comprehend this. But if you're wanting to, to make a decision to believe God based on, on, on what you see and hear and feel, you're never going to get there. We know that people do that. We know that Thomas did that. I'm not going to believe unless I what? He wanted to actually handle the wounds. He wanted to thrust his hand where the spear went. And, and Jesus ministered to him, took him at the point of contact where he was actually at. And as soon as Thomas saw that, he said, my Lord and my God. And what did Jesus say? Uh, you believe because you have seen. Blessed are they who what? Who believe and yet have not seen. There is a blessing in simply saying, I believe what God has said. And if you can't believe that he's always been, you can't believe that God is, that he exists, uh, you're done with faith. That's the foundation, that's the starting point. But listen to the good news. He that comes to God must believe that he is, amen, that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It doesn't say he's a punisher. He's a what? He's your rewarder. So anybody in this room believe that if you just keep on serving him, he's going to keep on rewarding you? Yes. 
Yeah, and believe me, when you cross that threshold into that heavenly city, you're going to say, man, he was right. <laughs> we are rewarded. Look what he has given us. Look what he is doing. But you don't have to wait to, to heaven to enjoy his goodness. He has plenty of goodness for this earth as well. Right. I've always um, taken issue with people who describe the earth as a trash can. It's only a trash can because of what sin has done to it. Right. It's not going to be that way in the end times. It is going to be fully, fully, totally renovated. You understand the concept here? Not by water, but by fire this time. Um, the earth, uh, you know, his, his, the heavens are his, are his throne, and the earth is described as what? His footstool. Now, how many would have a beautiful, nice, lazy boy recliner, leather, beautiful, comfortable, maybe got a little massage activity going on, and then get you an old crate from behind Kroger and use as a footstool? I don't think so. Heaven is not, earth is not a garbage can. No, it isn't. It's his creation. It's just been marred by the power of sin and rebellion. And the Bible tells us in Romans that actually even the earth itself groans, longing to be delivered from what? You and I have been delivered from the curse. The world itself, the physical world is yet to enjoy what you and I have. And yet you and I came from dirt. What a miracle that is. You and I are redeemed from the curse, and there's going to be manifestation of that redemption. And the curse is bad. The blessing is good. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Say it again. It's the only way. It is the only way. You're not going to please him by how much you work. No. Although we work and we serve him, I'm not going to please him by all the things I tried to do for him. Actually, I'm going to please him because I believe what he said. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean... Is, is the heart of God going to be happy if we doubt him every time he says something? No. We go through his scripture reading, script, well, I doubt that. That doesn't happen to me. That's never going to happen. You know, sometimes people do that, and they don't even realize they're in a habit of negativity. When they read something, they say, praise the Lord, that's me. Amen. Now, well, that never happens for me. I'm just not one of those people. You know, I'm not blessed that way. You're not blessed because you're not operating in faith when it comes to what you just read. Believe what you just read. Yes. Believe it's for you. Yes. Believe it's a promise for you. But let me give you a tip. Believe the commands are also for you. The holiness is for you. Yes. The purity is for you. Yes. The separation is for you. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm toying with the idea of doing a follow-up to Sunday's message, uh, Return to Truth. And this would just simply be subtitled, Lies That Christians Tell Themselves. Mm -hmm. I had the same reaction when I went into my spirit. <laughs> because there are some major lies that we tell ourselves. And the Holy Ghost needs to teach us and show us where we've not been completely honest with God. You know, for example, um, if I say, oh, I love God, I love Jesus. I just step back from that statement and just be honest about it. Jesus said, if you love me, amen. So let's just take, you know, 2022 coming out of COVID and whatever people are operating in, and they still haven't made their way back to the house of God. Now raise your hand if you believe that God's word is plain on assembling yourselves. Raise your hand. And that's fine if you're watching online. That's wonderful. It's a tool for when you're sick, but it is not a replacement for the command of God. No, it is not. Okay. Uh, so just, just an example here. Uh, if you love me, you'll... Keep my commandments. So somebody that says, I love the Lord, but won't keep his command to assemble, is telling himself a lie. That's right. 
moving right along, Pastor. Yes, amen. Um, why is that important? Because you and I can't walk in the blessing line to ourselves. And if we are professing something and our life doesn't line up with that, we just simply repent of that. But people can get into the habit of saying, oh, I love the Lord, sing the songs about loving the Lord. And in reality, we're not doing what he told us to do. Which according to his own teaching means we don't love him. Here's another one just for fun. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Come on, say, Jesus is Lord. Is he? Do you, with bells on, snap to it and do everything he tells you to do? Is he really master, CEO? Is he the leader and the manager of your life? How many Christians are mobile but it has nothing to do with the will of God? They decided they want to go here, they want to go there, they want to work over here, they want to be in this city. And Jesus is Lord only when it's necessary to have a Lord in your life. But we live our lives as if we don't have a Lord. Moving right along, Pastor. It's a lie if he really isn't the one calling the shots. Well, I should call the shots. It's my life. It's not your life. Your life, your life ended when you accepted Christ. This is a teaching. Jesus is Lord. Lordship of Jesus is a teaching that the modern church needs so desperately. It is one that, that all of us should have gotten when we were baby Christians. Now, you, you believe on the Lord? Yes. Uh, you repent of your sins? Yes. You want to live with the Lord forever? Yes. You want to go to heaven? Yes. Well, here's what you need to understand. A disciple functions a certain way. And from now on, you don't get to call the shots. And if 20 years later, you're still calling the shots of your life, you're living a lie. You're professing Jesus is Lord, and yet you're the one making all the decisions. Anybody ever here confess Jesus as Lord with one side of their mouth and at the same time did the opposite? You made that decision. Will he, will he let you make that decision? Yes. But you and I can't walk around lying about Jesus as Lord of my life if he's not Lord of my life. Here's the way it is. We love having a Savior. We love having a Deliverer. We love having a Healer. Come on, church, talk to me. We, lo we love having a provider. We love having someone who takes care of our needs and, and warns us if there's impending danger and is there to deliver us when we fall into a pit. We're just not that thrilled as Americans having a Lord. We're Americans. Midwestern Americans. The most independent of all Americans. <laughs> Amen. And then as great as we are, we still have stupidity going on in our country. Yes. <laughs> Listen, when the president of El Salvador, historically a banana republic, no disrespect, rebukes America for invading the home and office of a potential presidential candidate, the El Salvadoran president said, that's something we would do. He said, if we did that, what would you say to us? What would your election monitor say about us? What would the UN say about us? And here you have this going on, right? It has nothing to do with personalities. There's right and there's wrong. And right now our country is selectively prosecuting and it's going to catch up with us if we don't stop this right now. Either be fair across the board or knock it off. It's political as it can be and it's not going to stand. It certainly doesn't please the Lord.
And I'm Pastor Art, and I approve this message. Yes, amen. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm stunned when I'm listening to the El Salvadoran president, his third year of his presidency, rebuking the United States for going after a potential candidate in a political election. The optics of that are so bad that it's caught the attention of the Central American nations. What do you think the rest of the world thinks of it? Yeah. Back to faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Hebrews 6.12 tells us that faith is the key. We inherit the promises through faith and patience. They're both required. Faith and patience are what we call the power twins. You need to be able to have faith sustaining you, trust in God's word, undergirding you, but then undergirding that faith with a thing called patience where no matter how long it takes, you're just going to continue to believe God. How many of y'all are believing God for something right now? Yes. You need God's patience to undergird that while you're waiting for that manifestation. And sometimes things come quickly and sometimes they don't come so quickly. But patience will undergird you. But there is no inheriting the promises without faith. None of them. You do not inherit a single promise without faith. Let me say it again. You do not inherit a single promise without faith. Why was it credited to Abraham as righteousness? Because he believed. Amen. I mean, you like to see God move on some of these things you're believing him for. Just continue to believe. Do not throw your faith down over something maybe that's got a delay to it or there's a pause to it. You just continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Go to Hebrews 11.1 and let's just look again at what the word says and how it actually defines faith. Say, I'm a believer. I believe what the word says. When you're there, let me know you're there. A faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Um, Long before there was a law, there was the understanding, although it was uh, simplistic and minimalistic in its application, Abraham had that. And that's who we emulate. We're not trying to emulate people who are perfecting the law. The only person who ever perfected a law, who was that? That was Jesus. You and I are engrafted into these things by faith, and we actually understand that it is the faith lifestyle that allows us to tap into things. But we need to make sure we're all on the same page about what faith actually is. It's, it's actually believing what did God say. Faith doesn't look at your circumstances. Faith doesn't look at the clock. Anybody here ever been demoralized by looking at the clock? You thought it was going to happen by this time or date. And when that date went by, you were demoralized by it. God's word hadn't changed. But you decided by your own lordship. You remember what Dr. Barkley calls you? Your highness. <laughs> Dethrone your highness. You decided it would happen by such and such a date or time. And when it didn't happen, you got demoralized when God's word hadn't changed at all. Uh, you know, the Lord's been waiting for a long time to bring his people home. Are you here tonight? So what, is, what does it tell us? Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for inner image of an eager expectation developed by the Word of God, a picture on the inside of us, and certain of what we do not see. We don't see with these eyes, but we see it with, a, with another eye, the eye of faith. Say it, the eye of faith. The eye of faith. Say it again, the eye, the eye of faith. 
Romans tells us that actually, according to Romans 3.27, that there is, a, there is a law that operates in us, New Testament born-again believers. It's called the law of faith. And uh, it tells us also in the scripture that each of us has been, has been given the metron or the measure of faith. Now, what people do with that measure of faith is up to them. Some people that get born again, and it just stays just that way all the way through whole life, and then they die and they go to heaven. Other people develop and they grow that faith. They stretch their faith and they walk by faith to an extent that they apply it to, to every area of life. So I want to encourage you that faith uh, isn't looking at circumstances. It's not telling time. It's not looking at the calendar. It's not looking at the checkbook. It looks at one thing. What did God say? And where, where do you and I find what did God say? Where do we find it? We find it in the Word of God. That's where it's at. That's why it's the dumbest thing in the world for churches to back away from the Word. The Word's irrelevant. This is no, not relevant to our culture today. That we, we move beyond our intelligence to the Word of God. We sit in judgment over the Word. This part of the Word is not correct, and, and there really isn't a hell. That was an invention of the Catholic Church to put terror. No, no, my brother, my sister. Hell is the invention of God to put Satan and his angels. Man was never designed to go there. But if he goes there, he goes there by choice. And it's very real. The same Bible that says, for God so loved the world, it tells us about hell. Does that make sense? There's no way you're going to have faith from an alternate source. It won't happen. So what are we building in America when, when pastors stand up and hold up the Bible and say, this is no longer relevant, we won't be preaching this very much in this church? You say, does that happen? In Nashville, it happened last year. Thousands of people going to a church where the pastor has publicly said, we will not hold this as First place and the final authority as the authority for the believer. What have you done? You've cut those people off from the possibility of living by faith. Yes. Now watch this. You would say, ah, oh, that's horrible. Well, is it horrible if you never pick up the Bible? You're doing the same thing. That's right. That's right. If all your attention is focused on every other input but the Word of God, you're not doing the same thing as a public declaration to denounce the Word, but privately you're going to get the same results because you're not applying yourself to the one thing that actually causes faith to be developed in your life. Are you here today? So faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. But we do see things, of course, in the Word of God, and that's the basis of our faith. Uh, go to Proverbs 4 for just a moment. If we're not supposed to have our eyes on a calendar or a clock or a checkbook or circumstances, what should our eyes be on? Proverbs 4. Look at verse 10. Listen, my son. Shout that out. Listen. Listen, my son, except what I say in the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Then skip on down to verse 20. My son, pay attention. Pay attention. Is it possible that as believers, sometimes we pay attention to the wrong things? Yes. Pay 
attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. The King James and other translations use the word incline. How do you incline your ear? If I turn my ear this way, what am I doing with this ear? I'm turning this ear away from something else and intentionally turning it to what did God say. Incline your ears. Pay attention. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for their life to those who find them in health to one's whole body. Life to your entire existence. Do you know what the word of God can do as faith comes into your life? That will bring health to your mind. Health to your emotions. Health to your ability to make good decisions. Health to your body. Strength to do the things that God has called you to do. It's a supernatural book. Let me try that one more time. It's a supernatural book. It has power to bring itself to pass. The key to unlocking that power to bring itself to pass in your life is actually believing the things that you read. And, uh, you know, we can, we can act it real well. You know, we can, we can pretend that we believe, but only you know in your heart if you actually believe something that you're reading. Amen? Say it with me. I believe. believe. There are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn. To the right or to the left, keep your foot from evil. That all is accomplished as you and I are focused on listening to and paying attention to the right things. There are all kinds of voices out there. I expect to have more false prophets out there and more weird teachings out there. Things to deny the deity of Jesus Christ and, and, and simply things like the, the single truth that he is the only way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, I still believe he's the only way to heaven. Yeah. Well, if you start believing there are multiple ways, now you've begun to be a liar. We can't say that. Don't try to make somebody feel better. You're not helping them. When you back away from that truth, you stick to what the Word of God said. I'm not trying to be mean. I didn't say it. I didn't write it. Jesus said, I am what? The way, way, the truth, truth, and the life. And what else did he say? No No man. No man. Come on, say it. No No man. Comes to, the comes to the Father except through Him. There is no other way to the Father. There's no other way to heaven. That's, right. That's not us being narrow-minded. We're just being faithful to the Scriptures. That's right. The world can't handle us being faithful to the Scriptures. That's where the persecution comes from. Um, there's all kinds of weird voices out there. And it, it comes basically from every direction, every theological camp. You know, there are things in, in Reformed theology that I could say, you know, are okay with me. That's fine. But I hear some of the dumbest things come out of that camp. Like one of them recently said, and I want to say this emphatically so you hear me very clearly, there are no apostles on the earth today. I'm like, are you nuts? Do you realize that it was Jesus that gave these gifts to the church? Apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. For what? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, amen, to causing us to grow thereby. I'm thinking to myself, so there are no more apostles, are there no more pastors? And who gave you the authority to say that God no longer has apostles on the earth? You see how we can all take a stupid pill if we're not careful. (laughs) Just stick to the word. There are apostles. 
And all it means is a sent one. But they're sent with the ability to plant the church, expand the church, train the church. They're, they're, they're noted by salvations, but also miracle signs and wonders. They're out there. In the past century, I would say Smith Wigglesworth would be in that category. In his day, John Lake was in that category to where he was sent. You know, the reality is they are here today. Yes, they are. And well, in, in modern denominations, they'll say, well, the missionaries are apostles. Not necessarily, but all apostles are missionaries. But not every missionary is an apostle. They could go to serve in a support role. But I'm just telling you that I don't even know why people bother saying things like that. Because if you're going to say apostles are no longer here, their other favorite one they like to do away with is the prophet. Guess what? We need the New Testament prophet more than ever right now to speak in real time, to break in with the heart and the mind and the mouth of God in a church that's losing its way. Amen. Do we need the evangelist? Yes. Do we need the pastor or teacher? Yes. yes. So why don't we just throw all five of them away? No. No. Hear me emphatically. There are no more pastors. I just shaking my head at some of this stuff. And then people will amen it, praise the Lord. Yes, that's right. Really? Look at somebody and say, reads the Bible. Come on, say it to me. Reads the Bible. And you know what it says? And he gave some to be. Oh, my goodness. Who did? Jesus. So the only one that can take them away is Jesus, not some denominational handbook. So sometimes it's not reformed. It's just perverted. Are you here today? And how do you get perverted theology? By, by coming off the word of God. Putting your belief system above what God has said. Enough of that, Pastor Art. Yes, amen. <laughs> what does faith look at? It looks at, inclines its ear to the word. It inclines and pays attention to what did God say. Amen. John 6.33 tells us that his words are spirit and they are life. Do you realize that? How many like life? How many like divine life showing up in every area of your life? All you have to do is keep plugging into the word of God. Amen. Like tonight, what are you doing? Plug it in. Are we talking about the word tonight? His words are spirit and they are what? They are producing a spiritual life, a spiritual consciousness, but they're also producing divine life and flow inside of you by participating in and receiving the Word. Now, if you're just a bump on a log, not much is happening. But if you're engaging with the Word of God, you can expect to have life in life what? Well, let's just talk about that for a moment. The Bible says, A thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. According to Mark 4, what's the number one target to steal? The word. Why would he do that? Because if he does that, then you can't have the abundant life. You cannot have the abundant life that he wants you to have outside of the word. His word is what? Their spirit and life. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Say it with me, till it overflows. How many want to have life overflowing in every dimension of your life? Then, then stick to it. I don't care what wacko you hear out there talking about. Just put the word away. You know, does, does not relate to us, you know, and this is wrong and that's wrong. Just stick to the word. You don't have to be mean. Say it with me. I don't have to be mean. Say it again. I don't have to be mean. But I don't have to listen to that nonsense. 
I'm telling you, stick to the word in the day that you live in, and you'll be glad that you did. Yes. Amen. Spirit and life. How does faith work? According to Galatians 4, 6, faith works by love, which means it doesn't work outside of love. So imagine us being word people. <laughs> imagine a world where we're faith people. We're believers. We stand on the word of God. We expect the word of God to come to pass in our lives. Imagine that we're trying to be word people, and yet we don't have any revelation about walking in love. Your faith won't work outside of love. Now imagine that the devil's engaged in that. What's he going to do? He's going to do everything he can to get you out of love. Let's say he couldn't pluck the word out because you were stubborn. I mean, you know, sometimes being stubborn is a good thing. I'm not coming off this word, bless God. Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying to you? Every believer in this church needs to make a decision. Here is a life of questioning, of compromise, of uncertainty. There's the faith line. Cross it and stay over here the rest of your life. You make that quality decision, you're going to be a faith person. So he couldn't get you to throw the word of God down. What will he try next? Everything he can to keep you at war in your heart with people. Keep you bitter, keep you unforgiving, get you into offense. And if you can't do that, get you to take somebody else's offense. Because the moment you do, you strip that power in your life from operating and bringing the results the word of God promises. Faith works. Yes. It's energized by love. by love. Amen. Say it with me. Faith, Faith works, works by, love. by love. It doesn't work without love. He said, well, I am, Pastor, I am perfectly justified being upset and holding a grudge against that person. It's okay to be upset as long as you don't get, get into sin and you're being upset. If you think holding a grudge against somebody is somehow right because you're right, I mean, understand, you can be right and still be stripped of all the promises. Yeah. You have to ask yourself a question, is it worth it? Yeah. I'm right, I'm holding a grudge, I'm bitter. Yes, everything else is falling apart, but at least I'm right. At least I can go down in the flames being right. Better to be wrong than hold on to everything God promises you. That's right. Raise your hand if you've ever been done dirty. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever done somebody dirty. Okay, pretty even there. Pretty, pretty much consistent. We have been, we have been done dirty too, and we have done dirty. So uh, why would we just walk in grace, amen? And keep our eyes on the Word of God and enjoy the promises of God. Because if you do get into this, this lifestyle of, of, of meditating on everything that's wrong, everybody's ever done to you or said about you behind your back and hurt your feelings or betrayed you, listen, you're not going to live very long without something like that happening to you. Amen. But maturity is saying, I value God's promises and His path for my life more than what anybody ever did or said. Listen, Jesus had plenty of cause to be offended. How would you like to be the authentic one and only son of God and be rejected? Sometimes we get offended because there's some pride operating in our lives. Don't they know who I am? How dare they treat me that way? Amen. We're just a ball of sin sometimes, aren't we? <laughs> Jesus was the real deal. And they rejected and despised and hurled insults and beat him to the pulp to the point where you couldn't even recognize his face. And yet, everything he said was true. 
I want to encourage you, it's just not worth it. So say it with me. I'm going to forgive everybody. Love everybody. Be bitter towards no one. I'm not giving up the promises of God to be bitter. Amen. Uh, faith works. I love that scripture. Say it with me. Faith works. I know. Those, those faith people, faith doesn't work for me. I tried that faith and it didn't work. No faith tried you and you didn't work. The Bible, see, see how simple it is for us to get off the word? Say it with me. Faith works. Faith works by love. But what? Faith works. So when you say uh, faith stuff doesn't work, you just contradicted the word of God. That's how fast you and I can come off the word of God. And we have got to make sure that we monitor our own hearts and lives thinking, you know, I'm not coming off the word of God. Yes, this is a difficult season or this is a challenging season. I'm not happy at what's going on. But guess what? I'm not going to say that God's word doesn't work. Amen. Amen. Just not going to do it. Faith works. Yes, it does. But instead of throwing, you know, blame at God or his word or the church or his messengers. And I tell you when this happens, when somebody chooses to shrink back and throw down their faith, they always throw the word and the messengers in the same toilet. They want nothing to do with people preaching faith when they make that decision to throw that stuff down. Well, that's not going to affect me receiving from God. Amen. And what somebody else does is not going to affect you receiving from God. You just have to realize that uh, uh, these things are, are very powerful. These principles are true and faith will work for you. Yeah, to your faith, patience. It'll work for you. Make sure you're walking in love. Faith will work for you. Amen. Make sure you don't shrink back under persecution. That faith will work for you. It's always working. Yes, it is. Amen. Yes, it is. Praise God. Say, I'm a faith person. And then in 1 John 5, 4 tells us that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Shout it out. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your victory is tied to what? Faith. To your faith. Uh, how do you overcome everything that's thrown at you? Your faith. So if you're the devil, if you want to get somebody to stumble, don't go after what's on the outer edges of their life. Go after their foundation. Get them to throw the Word of God down. Get them to back away from the Word of God. Get them to, you know, to spend less and less time under the Word and in the Word. Huh? You know what God is telling you and me? Hey, let's return to faith like we never have before. And if we've been walking by faith, let's go further than we've ever gone before. If we got away because of laziness or because of circumstances or because of fear or because of hurt feelings, let's return with a vengeance. Yes. Amen? Because this faith stuff worketh. Yes, it does. Come on, say it with me. This faith stuff, this faith stuff. worketh. Glory to God. Say, I'm a faith person and I'm not ashamed in Jesus' name. So when we come back together, we'll talk about the importance of, of hearing for the cultivation of faith and, and how you actually release your faith. But uh, just want to see you encouraged. Amen. Say it by faith. I'm encouraged. I'm sticking with the word. Say, I'm going to dance with the one that brung me. As the, as the word works so far. Amen. Where would you be if you threw down the word? Huh? It wouldn't be. Here. <laughs> That's true. 
Yes, amen. But where would we be if we turned our back on the, on the word of the one that saved us? If you reject the word, who are you really rejecting? When you question the word and doubt the word and, and call into question the integrity of what you've heard, you're doubting the integrity of God. Amen? That's why this is so important to get a hand on this. So give him a hand clap if you can receive this. Thank you, Father.